show of the year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a pretty big show. We have some trades to talk about. We have some prospects to talk about. And we have... What's our band name again? Non-Zero Chance. Non-Zero Chance is here. Welcome to the show, everybody. He's Scott Chris. Hello. Good morning. It's great to be here. Yo! <laughs> it was definitely the biggest news day of the year. I don't know. We could call this the biggest show of the year compared to some of the, you know, March shows we had. But yeah. Damn it, this day. is going to be the biggest, biggest show, show of the, of the year. year. Come on, Scott. Yeah, nobody cares about March. You know, that's, that's nonsense. It's preseason stuff. And there were some sports trades yesterday. Sports trades are scary. One person can be replaced by another, exchanged for money, or given away for a hypothetical future person, or Todd Frazier. And once they leave your team, you can't like them anymore, even if you have their jersey, which you can't wear anymore. Except at B-dubs. They won't judge, but others might. Buffalo Wild Wings, Wings, Beer, Sports. I can wear my Tyler Clipper jersey to Buffalo Wild Wings. And, you know, people actually might judge me for having a Tyler Clipper jersey, which, of course, I don't have. But he is on the move, and that doesn't really matter. Todd Frazier, David Robertson, Tommy Canley to the Yankees, Tyler Clipper and three prospects to the White Sox, J.D. Martinez to the Diamondbacks, Sean Doolittle got a save. Brad Peacock trying to stay in that rotation. He had a, a brilliant start, and much more from uh, from yesterday. Should we start with uh, the? Sh- of course, we should start with the Yankees. Of course, we should start. They're the Yankees, right? There was a, there were a ton of ramifications to this trade for for fantasy purposes. Like Frazier was the biggest name traded, and he's kind of fringy in fantasy these days, but. Just the 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 trickle effect of uh, of everything else that resulted from this is is a pretty big deal. I mean, it was it was one of those scary sports trades that Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings talks about for the owners of both David Robertson and Tommy Canely. I did not imagine uh, that Canely would be following out Robertson out the door whenever Robertson was traded. I thought we were going to wind up with both as closers in the majors for the trade deadline, and now neither. Are closers, so that's very disappointing. Yeah, and they're not going to be closers either, uh, right? You know, um, so we are going to actually. This is Worryometer Wednesday, by the way, and our oldest Chapman is on the Worryometer, and also uh, we have grade the trade later on in the show. But I feel like Chris has barely spoken today, so Chris, give me your give me your thoughts on Todd Frazier. Let's talk about Todd Frazier. He's still eighty nine percent owned. He's not even a top twenty third baseman. Batting 207 with 16 home runs. He has been terrible at home this year. 142 batting average, 299 slugging. Whereas, you know, pretty darn good on the road. 267, 368, 555 slash line on the road. And he was better on the road last year. Hit 24 of his 40 home runs. Value up down to the same Chris Towers for Todd Frazier. Uh, I would say he's probably one of the few guys who could get traded to the Yankees and not have an upgrade in park yep. guaranteed rate field, which is the worst sports stadium name in sports mm-hmm. uh, is a very good place for power hitters. And the fact that he hasn't hit well there this season, I think is mostly due to randomness. I wouldn't chalk that up to anything uh, significant. I think he's just, he looks like a guy who, if you just showed me Todd Frazier's stats over the last five years and then highlighted the last two and I didn't know who it was or how old he was, I would think Todd Frazier was like 36 years old. He's like followed the Albert Pujols aging curve, except Albert Pujols is six or seven years older than him. And that he just, you know, the batting average has sunk. The BABIP has sunk. I think that's a sign that 
he's never he's not going to beat out any infield hits, obviously, but also he just the bat speed has slowed down and he's had to sell out for power. So you're seeing that huge increase in infield fly balls. Value just, up, down, or the same for Todd Frazier? Wow. Uh, you wanted me to talk, Adam. I know, but I just – got to answer the question first and I then – I did. Well, same. Uh, you said – okay, same. you basically said same, right? Same, but I – you know what? I know I'm alone in this. I, I feel like he's a buy-low candidate. I feel like the Yankees bought low on him. I feel like if he really was – if it really was an age thing, we would see the strikeout rate escalating, and it's only going down. Uh, so I, I think better times are ahead for Todd Frazier. Okay, sorry, Chris. I feel no, bad. I feel bad now. I won't talk anymore. How's your car? It's fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. How, did you have breakfast today, Chris? Yes. How, what was it? Uh, I, I got a croissant which from Burger King. Oh, come on, man. It's delicious. It is. They are actually, they're amazing. It's horrible. It's, but yeah. it's delicious. Um, okay. So who's, uh, who's closing for the White Sox? I gotta tell you, in like a mixed league, I really, like, I feel like they might get five saves the rest of the year, but, but who knows? Uh, I, well, maybe more than five. David yeah. Robertson has 12 saves this year. The, the question is, does somebody become instantly the man or is it a month of multiple guys doing the job? And then it might be five saves because they've only got a month and a half left to be a closer. I mean, Anthony Swarzak has far and away the best numbers in that bullpen this year. He's his breakthrough has kind of gotten overshadowed because Tommy Canely's was so dramatic. Right. Uh, so he's the guy I'm pursuing here. Ooh, but there's Scott. a chance Swarzak himself gets traded. What about, uh, what about Clippard? I think yeah, there's, there's a chance, a chance they move Clippard in the role. Um, you know, I, I'd put the chances of that at about 15 to 20% versus Canely. Mm-hmm. But, uh. Swarzak. If, Swarzak, yeah. Swarzak, yeah. Um, but if it's, um, if they're trying to market him for the next trade, Clippard, I mean, then it would make sense for him to put, them to put him in that role. But we haven't even mentioned the biggest, uh, news tangential. Oh, Yoan Mankata? Tangential, that was. Um, yeah. Yoan Mokata is getting called up. Yeah. The yes. prospect we've been waiting all year for. This is the impetus for his arrival. Uh, that's, that's a big deal. What are your expectations? Mokata is 76% owned. He's currently only eligible at third base. Is that right? Yes. He'll be eligible at second very soon. Okay. They'll be play. Is it for sure they're playing him at second? Cause they did that's lose their all third base. He played at triple A. Okay. So I would. I would say it's for sure. All right, so Moncada's coming up. He's got some speed. I read, I read, uh, he's, yeah, he's got speed. I read Scott's little, little write-up on him on the website. You didn't read my write-up? Was it your write-up? I thought it was Scott's. No, I wrote about him in Waiver Wire today, though. No, I Why didn't. Why did you up, only read Scott's? It went up 20 minutes. That could, give me a break. That was, that's <laughs> brand new material. Um, as Scott mentioned that Moncada has this, Moncada had the same strikeout rate as Cody Bellinger in the minors. So anyway, uh, why don't you guys take it away? What are your expectations? Heath, what are your expectations for Yohan Moncada? I, I wrote, what I wrote about today was how much fab I would spend on him because he is still available in 24% of leagues. I do believe you spend more on him in Roto than you do in a points league for a couple of reasons. One, Roto should be his more valuable format with the power speed combo and the strikeout rate issue. Two, there's generally deeper uh, more hitter positions available in a roto lineup. In a points league, I'm not sure that he's necessarily a difference maker. He could be, but he could also just be useless. So I would go 10, maybe 15% of my fab in a points league. I'd go as high as 33% in roto. Okay. 
And one thing to keep in mind with any player that gets called up these days is that, as we've seen with Cody Bellinger, as we've seen with Aaron Judge, players are hitting for more power in the majors than they did in the minors, pretty much across the board. Yep. Um, he was a pretty good power hitter in the minors, 12 homers, but only nine doubles, so not quite as good as the 12 homers uh, would suggest, but I think he's someone that you can look at as like a 25 homer guy if he if he hits. Yep. And I just think, like, regardless of projecting a, a stat, a specific stat line for Moncada, he is many publications' number one prospect. The number one prospect gets called up. You put him on your roster and see what happens. It's it. You don't have to think about it any harder than that. And it really, the main value here might be the stolen bases. Initially, he struck out 29.4 percent of the time in Double A and Triple A combined. Um, 60 percent in the majors. Okay. Um, technically true. Yeah, he was bad last year, Moncada, no doubt. Would you rather have Scooter Jeanette or Moncada? Moncada. Moncada. Yep. Would you rather have DJ LeMayhew or Moncada? LeMayhew. Yeah, if, 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 I'm gonna rank LeMayhew higher. If, if my league is shallow enough that I could honestly consider dropping LeMayhew, I'd chase the upside of Moncada. How? Like, I could talk about a points league though, where LeMayhew is your only second baseman, he's your starting second baseman. I don't think you can drop LeMahieu for Moncada at a point. Well, league. you wouldn't have to anyway because Moncada's not eligible at second base yet, so you'd be dropping somebody else. Yeah, I'm I'm just comparing him to second baseman. He's going to be more valuable there. Are you going right. to rank him ahead of Whit Merrifield? Yes. Yes. Yep. Okay. I want to give real quick thoughts on Blake Rutherford and Tito Polo, two outfielders and a starting pitcher, Ian Clarkin. Going to the White Sox, Rutherford was a first-round pick of the Yankees. He's a good prospect, but he's young. Uh, none of these guys are making an impact all too soon, right? Right. And, uh, Rutherford's the only one I see having potentially, um, a big impact for the White Sox. Ian Clarkin is kind of a prospect, but he doesn't strike out anybody in the minors. And I just, I don't see him having a particularly bright future. And like you said, Rutherford's so far away. There's still a lot of potential outcomes for him. Great job, Yankees. Great job. And you know what? Red Sox nope. getting Frazier inevitable? I don't think so. It's a big move for the Yankees. They're now only a first baseman and three starting pitchers away from being contenders. And by the way, Frazier's – it's either going to be him or Headley, but Frazier's probably going to play some first base and pick up eligibility there, which doesn't really matter. But Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, uh, we haven't mentioned maybe the biggest news piece that came out yesterday. And also there was a trade this morning. Did you see that, Adam? No. Uh, according to Peter Gammons, as Drupal Cabrera – Going Whoa. to the Red Sox. Whoa! Going to, to play Not third? Not a huge deal on its own, but could eventually lead to maybe. Ahmed. Ahmed. Ahmed Rosario? Yeah. Maybe. He's not going to be ready for two or three more years is what the Mets have been saying. <laughs> uh, there is some theory floated around that they were keeping Ahmed Rosario down to avoid the negative influence of Azdrubal uh, Cabrera. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah, I don't know how that's – I mean, that seems pretty crazy, but – um all right, so that actually happened. So is he is this Drupal Cabrera going to play third base for the Red Sox, or are they worried about Xander Bogart's hand? I would assume he's probably just a part time player for them. Well he's their, he'd be their best third baseman. For now. Yeah, I can't imagine would. that a team with World Series aspirations is gonna go in with especially with a team with World Series aspirations who's led by Dave Dombrowski <laughs> is not going to go into the trade out of the trade deadline with this Drupal Cabrera as their biggest acquisition. I did wonder though, you know, since obviously it was supposed to be inevitable the Red Sox would acquire, acquire Frazier, like Adam said, Prado had been mentioned 
but he's now on he's the on the DL. Like, there's a clearer path than ever for Rafael Devers now, and they may just be holding out to see how he takes to AAA. It was recently uh, promoted there. Hit and, a homer in his first game, right? Yeah, I think it's gone pretty well so far. Yeah, had four hits and a homer in his first game. It's been three games total. Uh, and we so still we- haven't mentioned arguably the biggest news that happened yesterday. Why? Yeah. Carlos Correa's season is basically oh, over for fantasy. Yeah, I know. That sucks. Um, and they called up Colin Moran. Anybody interested in Colin Moran? I added him in our AL-only Roto League, where most teams have one or two players that aren't actually playing, starting <laughs> for them. He's been uh, really good in AAA this season, but it's the PCL. He has a 918 OPS. And he was really, really bad at AAA last season in the PCL as well. So overall, he's got like a 780 OPS at AAA, which yeah. seems like a pretty fa- – he's got a good good plate discipline, doesn't strike out much, so maybe he's a guy who could tap into 20 homers. I, I just don't with think those he's going to play is the thing. Because yeah. like, Marwan Gonzalez, they seems like he's going to get most of the playing time at shortstop. If anything, it might actually be good news for Derek Fisher because Marwan Gonzalez playing so much outfield was a big reason why Fisher had to go back down. Um, maybe maybe Moran's up for a couple days, and then we see the Astros swap him out for Fisher. Yeah, okay, so we're kind of bouncing all over the place. Um, Marwan Gonzalez, is he a top 10 shortstop for you rest of the season now? No, not quite. I need to move him up, though. Yeah. He probably needs to be top. Whew. I think I have him 14th. Yeah, I don't have him that high. I, whew. And part of it's like I could have him higher if I didn't feel like I had to put Trevor Story in front of him. I'd be, I'd rather be starting Gonzalez and Story right. I now. think I'll move more Gonzalez ahead of Jonathan VR. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna fall a little bit more. Yeah, like would you rather have Zach Cozart or Marwin Gonzalez? Cozart. Uh, Marwin. Moving Marwin above him. I've moved Marwin to number 12. Why are we not buying, and I'm not saying you should, I'm just curious, why are you not buying Marwin Gonzalez? Because, you know, he's been elite this year when he's, he's played. He's been a top 10. He's stop, number. Right? He was number 8 in points as of yesterday and, like, number 6 in Roto or something like that. So, yes, he's been top 8 going into yesterday. Uh, he's been awesome. He's got an OPS, I think, is over 900 for Marvin Gonzalez. I can vouch for his awesomeness because I was fortunate. He's like 90% known, owned now. I was fortunate enough to add him in a points league after I lost Tre- uh, um, Trey Turner. I've gone three and zero since. Gonzalez All right, so the big part of that. The arguments against Marvin Gonzalez start with the 347 Babip. He's a 308 career Babip guy. And then it moves on to the 24.6% home run to fly ball rate. Combine that with a 30% hard hit rate. And it just, it doesn't add up a lot of what he's doing. You look at it and think he can probably still be pretty good. And pretty good is very valuable at shortstop, but he's not going to be this. He's a lot like AL Chris Taylor. Okay. We'll come back. He's a lot better than Chris Taylor. We'll come back. Well, no, tomorrow, tomorrow we're talking Chris Taylor because this, all this guy does is produce. And uh, I wanted to throw him in today's show, but uh, we just we were jam packed today. So let's go back to JD Martinez real quick. Um, value up, down, or the same for JD Martinez in Arizona? Up slightly. Up. Yep. Okay. Better park. Better lineup. All right. And yeah. shortstop replacements for Carlos Correa. I'm gonna. I'm. Mean, it's gonna take me a second here to pull up the uh, the list. But you know, yes, they're not great. No, um, Paul DeYoung, or yeah, Paul DeYoung is like 55% owned. We talked about Jose Reyes, not really a huge fan of him. 
Um, I, Reyes is pro, but really, like he's been hitting well for what a month now. Yeah. A little more than yeah, that. Yeah, he has a strikeout rate of twelve percent. I good for him. He he and, needs and he to has, be. He has a little pop. He has a little speed. Nope. I think he's probably at the top of the list as far as shortstop replacement. <laughs> I, I would take Young over him. Um, and you okay. know, like His, Addis, Okay, go ahead. Addison Russell is only seventy-seven percent on, so there's a chance he's out there. I I don't think we should sell short the idea that some players in like. It's not like your league follows ownership percentages so closely that every single shortstop who's more than 80% owned is right. for sure going to be unavailable. So sort by ownership percentages first because there may be an obvious, like in my case, picking up Marwin Gonzalez when Trey Turner went down. There could be somebody may have randomly dropped Zach Cozart in your league or whatever. Um, but uh, among those scarcely owned, like less than 60%, Reyes is probably second behind DeYoung for me. Um well, I guess Ahmed Ahmed uh, Rosario. Yeah, I was going to say. Too. Yeah, yeah, would you rather have Reyes or Ahmed Rosario? Ahmed Rosario. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like we talked about this yesterday, so I don't want to belabor the point too much, but like I think Adam you said he was 12th over the last 28 days. Yeah. Like if that's the best stretch of your season and your overall mark is still horrible, what the horrible? Well, is not horrible. Right, obviously. I'm saying but your overall mark is bad. He's a six ninety oh. OPS. What? He had a, he has his season long. His oh, season overall long. He's market. not stealing I, that I many know. bases. Like he's got he's, eleven steals. But I, we're I, talking about. A I'd rather have Chris shortstop. Taylor than Jose. We're talking about. So a he's not Would you rather have? Uh, would you rather have Marcus Simeon? I'd rather have Marcus Simeon than Jose Reyes. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think that's really close. I think. I mean, Correa, I, I think I categorize both of them: Reyes, Simeon, DeYoung, like all three of them. I. I don't know that you have to commit to any one. I think you just play the hot hand. If you're if you're forced to resort to that low level of a shortstop, I think you just swap them out based on matchups and streaks and uh, try and cobble together a halfway respectable shortstop that way. Yeah. Preferably, you could make a trade, or uh, you'd be the guy who picks up Ahmed Rosario and he lives up to his potential right away, sort of like Lindor did a couple years ago, Francisco Lindor. Uh, but uh, those are obviously not something, not things everybody can do. Right. And, uh, I think. Well, Orlando Arcia is only 54% owed right now, by the way. I'd much rather have him than Jose. No, Reyes. he's not doing anything legitimate. Yeah, he's that's just, fine. He's hitting a lot of Either Jose he, Reyes. Jose he did Reyes. have a random three steal game, Arcia did on Monday, but th- those have not been a regular part of his. That's, production. I would rather have him than Jose Reyes. I think that, yeah, okay, Ahmed Rosario is certainly going to be someone that people look at, but also, Trevor Story, like, you need a replacement for Correa. It, you might want to just try to buy low on Trevor Story. He's been so bad, but that's somebody who actually might be able to, for a month, yeah. duplicate yeah. Correa. I'd rather have Story than all those guys who we've talked about. Sure, I'd, I would too, but I don't feel like he's the solution. Like, if you, if you go from having Correa in your lineup to Story, it's going to be, you, you know, there, there's the hope that a couple weeks now, from now, Story figures things out and takes off, but, I, I still feel like you need a temporary replacement at shortstop, even if you are able to re- acquire story. Well, I mean, it, let's see what happens with this Drupal Cabrera. If he's playing third base every day for the Red Sox, yep, might not be such a bad option as well. All right, so there's that. There's your trade stuff. <laughs> and vote for us, please. Nominate us, please, at podcastawards.com, podcastawards.com. There was a lot uh, that happened on the field, not just trades, in Tuesday's games. Sean Doolittle got the same... I am so mad. 
because I was really proud of myself. Like I thought I was such a G for picking up Ryan Madsen in three leagues at very cheap cost. I thought I had the Nationals closer. I'm not a G. I suck. Little uh maybe help here. Anytime you utter the words, I thought I was such a G, <laughs> you definitely were not a G. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get that. You know what? I, I screwed us up, Adam, because that's the league where we co-manage. Yeah. I was parked at my computer from basically 10 p.m. on just waiting for this Fraser trade to go through. Had every opportunity to pick up Swarzak and didn't think to do it till like, midnight. Somebody picked him up at 11. I don't, so. think, I don't think I want him. Oh, come on. I, I'm Well, I mean, in a 16-team league, I guess, but I don't know. Like, Swarzak has been a pretty bad pitcher for most of his career, and the, that is— the White Sox might be well the worst team in the AL now. I mean they're just awful. I'd say they're probably the worst team in baseball. Yeah, the right. Giants are are quite All they bad. really had removed from their lineup was Frazier. But they but they and just they replaced them they're replacing him with Moncada. They lost their two best bullpen pieces. That's actually and a really big pitcher. deal. And Quintana, yeah, like they suck. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. The How Padres many above are still average worse. Players the Phillies are still do they worse. Have? They are better they're above average at first base. Yeah. There we go. Melky. <laughs> Melky's fine. Obviously, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, you you got to pick up Swarzak when you're in leagues where you're desperate for saves. Sure, I'm not going to argue about that. He's eight percent owned. I also think it could be Clippard, but we already talked about that. So, so Doolittle. Do you think he's the closer, or do you think it could be Madsen next time? Doolittle gave up a run. He got the save. Madsen threw a scoreless eighth. Real quick, uh, Heath. Everybody gets a shot. We won't know who the closer is for two weeks. Hold on to both of these guys. It's going to be a wild ride. So I could still end up being a G. No. You will never be a G. Okay. Zero percent chance. Brad Peacock. He could lose his rotation spot, but he had a brilliant start against the Mariners. He walked one and struck out nine in seven innings of one-run ball. And Peacock, as a starter, has a 2.92 ERA. Look, two of his previous three starts, he allowed uh, he walked five or more batters. So we know that's going to be an issue. But uh, I guess it's wait and see because McHugh is going to start this weekend. Keiko will be back soon. I'd like to see them bump Charlie Morton instead of Peacock. But, yeah, wait and see. What do you think? Uh, wait and see. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm hanging on to him. Yeah, is, for sure. Is it far-fetched to say Brad Peacock's a right-handed Robbie Ray? No. <sighs> it's maybe a little early for that. But r- that's that's the thing that I struggle with with Brad Peacock is that this is just has come out of nowhere. Well, yeah, but if you, I mean, you probably watched him pitch. He's, he's nasty. It, it looks pretty legit. Yeah. He is he's, uh, filthy. He's gone full McCullers with that slider, throwing it like 50% of the time. Only 13 swing strikes over his last two starts. Uh, it's worth noting. Really? He's, yeah. I believe he only had seven last night. Hmm. Well, he struck out nine with seven <laughs> swinging strikes. Chris hates looking strikes. So maybe he's just the new Aaron Nola. I guess. He hates got the backwards K. <laughs> Um, Michael Waka, 17 swinging strikes in a complete game shutout at the Mets. And his previous three starts were great. 153 ERA. So now that's probably like around one over his last four starts. Baseball reference that didn't update this morning in case you're wondering. Uh, the six starts before that, Waka had an 817 ERA. What do you think? He's 87% owned. Is, is Michael Waka a must-owned pitcher? Yes. 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 Is he, is he must start? Um... He seems to have figured out that the cutter is one of his best pitches. And, um, you know, three straight games with eight strikeouts or more. Yeah. 1.47 ERA over the last five starts with 34 strikeouts and 30 and a third and two thirds innings. 
I would still like this is great. He's must start next week because of the stretch he's on right now. If if I could sell Michael Walker, I would be happy to do it. Now, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, I, I went. I needed to go back to Moncada because I forgot we have team name Tuesday on a Wednesday. It's from Sam. Moncadania nuts. No, no, no. That sounds no. like a team name you'd come up with, Keith. No, not at all. What do you mean? Sounds strained. You actually <laughs> unnecessary syllables. Mo- Moanacata? Mine would be like, you want to put me down, but you can't. That what? just doesn't make sense. Yeah, what? that's a, that's a Heath <laughs> team name. Okay. I'm I, going with Moanacata as my Moanacata. I don't even get that. The Disney, uh, animated movie Moana. Oh, everybody goes to Starring Hakuna Dwayne Mon- the Rock Johnson. Everybody goes to Hakuna Moncada. You went with a different Disney movie. Yes. Interesting. Um, Mike Clevenger is 78% owned. In Clevenger's last four starts, he's thrown six innings each time, given up just two runs in 24 innings with 11 walks, 27 strikeouts. So he's been great in his last yeah. four starts. Five of those 11 walks came in one start at Detroit, two each in the other three. What do you think about Clevenger at 78%? You know, he, uh, I think he's given up no more than three hits in any of those four starts either. Which, you know, you could take as a sign that maybe there's, there's, he's benefited from some luck. I know his season long line suggests he's had some good luck, but at the same time, I think the stuff is pretty good. The strikeout rate is high. Um, Very high. I trust him. I'll, I'll put it this way. I trust him more than I trust Mike Fultonevich to yep. sustain something yep. close to this level. I would agree with that. And just to Scott's point, and we don't talk about BABIP on a game by game basis, but his BABIP for each of the last four games, 111, 154, 188, 214. So he's pitching well and having some good luck. This is Mike Clevenger we're talking about of Cleveland. And you figure if anybody loses a spoil, wait, they have, they have somebody who's leaving the rotation. It would be Tomlin, if anything. I wouldn't be surprised with the way they've talked about Danny Salazar is going to make his next start oh, in Cleveland right. if yeah. they want to maybe skip Corey Kluber once in the rotation. Maybe they take advantage of the 10-day DL. Yeah, because he has a, a little neck issue. Yeah, right. They've also got guys, if they want to take them out of the rotation, to to remove. Well, you've got Kluber, Carrasco, Tom, Clevenger, Tomlin. Tomlin has to go. Or Bauer. Uh, Bauer's been awful. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Bauer has a 591 ERA. One or the other. Yeah. Okay. So. It won't be Clevenger. If, 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 put it this way. If Clev, I think we can all agree. If Clevenger were available in any of our leagues, we'd snatch him, right? Sure. Snatch him up like a G. Like a G. Clevenger or Waka? Waka. Waka. Yep. Alright, can I talk to you guys about my face real quick? No. That's he, gross. he, look at, my, look at my face. Like, I have sometimes pretty embarrassing face. Right now is one of those times I really, I need to shave. Like, it's really, it's gotten a little crazy. I need to shave badly. I need my Harry's razor. I have my Harry's razor and I love it. It's, it's a great shave and it's so affordable and so are the blades. Gentlemen, get in on this. Get yourself a better shave and save money. Go to harrys.com slash FBT. H-A-R-R-Y-S dot com slash FBT. We have an awesome offer for you. First of all, why Harry's? Well, over 3 million guys have switched to Harry's razors. They're onto something. It's a great shave at a fair price. All products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. And here's what you can do. I mean, this is amazing. You get a free trial offer. Just give it a shot. A $13 value for free. Actually, all you got to pay is just shipping. Just a few bucks for shipping. You're saving a lot of money, and you're getting this free trial set. A weighted ergonomic razor handle. Five precision engineered blades, 
rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. All of that for two or three bucks shipping. To get your free trial set, go to harrys.com slash fbt right now. That's harrys.com slash fbt. Double dongs. Three of them last night. Three hitters went yard twice. Chris Davis, who um, was one for 14 since coming off the DL, but took advantage of some bad Rangers pitching last night and homer twice with six ribbies. Nick Castellanos, believe it or not, Nick Castellanos is the number 12 third baseman in points leagues, number 16 in Roto. He, From the year? Yeah. Ooh, he, he making has up some ground. 14 home runs. and He's really not having that great of a year, but we talked about uh, third baseman a little disappointing. Um, Castellanos is 55% owned. He has homered three times in four in uh, – no, four times in his last four games. Yep. And then Evan Gaddis is the number eight catcher in points, number seven in Roto. And he doesn't play that much, but he, in July, he's got an OPS near 1500 with five homers. That's good. Uh, yeah. Look uh, at, I, look at, sorry, look at Brian McCann's player page. Brian McCann has scored less than eight fantasy points in eight of his last ten weeks entering this week. I mean, he's been terrible. But, like Brian McCant. Yeah, and, and I get he might be better defensively than Gaddis, but Gaddis is better than Beltron. Gaddis is better than McCann. Play Evan Gaddis more. I don't understand. Well, A.J. Hench basically said after this game that he needs to play Gaddis more and that his talent level's higher than his playing time has reflected to this point. And already that's been happening. He and McCann have basically alternated starts for the last two weeks. McCann would sometimes start two games in a row. Uh, so I think Gaddis is back to being one of the top 12, one of the top 12 catchers who needs to be started, maybe even one of the top 10 who needs to be started. Which basically means start him everywhere. Okay. Now, anything to say about Chris Davis or Nick Castellanos? How about this? Who would you rather own? I know they play different positions, but in a vacuum, in a corner infield vacuum. Chris Nick- Davis. It's not even close. It really? Nope. I agree with that, but I'm I'm glad to see Nicholas Castellanos uh, starting to turn things around. And yeah, he- Chris was the one who really kept the faith on Nick Castellanos based on some of the batted ball data. There so, turns out um, being top five and hard to hit rate is a good thing. Hopefully, maybe hopefully it'll work for Miguel Cabrera. Right, that's where I was gonna say. Yeah. Oh, he's on worryometer Wednesday. That's coming up. Uh, so it's not even close for Chris Davis, who's batting like 220 and had a pretty bad year last year. A pretty bad year where he hit how many home runs? But he was like, like the number 16 first baseman or something like his that. His pretty bad year was Nick Castellanos' career year. All right, all right, fair enough. Like uh, you're just. This is like trying to compare Andrew McCutcheon to Gregory Polanco or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, injuries, news, and notes. Colin McHugh will start on Saturday. Steven Vogt is out at least a month with a sprained MCL. Xander Bogart stayed today with a sprained hand. He did pinch run in a 15-inning game last night. Cameron Mabin is out two to four weeks with a knee injury. Starling Marte returned to the Pirates lineup. He led off. He played left field. He went one for three with a run scored and a walk, and Marte was also picked off. Carlos Gonzalez just filed this under something to look at. Two hitters that kind of changed their approach a little bit. Carlos Gonzalez making some minor tweaks to his swing. He's avoiding overswinging. He had a good game yesterday. All the Rockies did. Right. I, this is this is totally going to happen, right? I finally pulled the plug on Carlos <laughs> Gonzalez, and that's when it's going to click, and he's going to take off. Could be. And that sounds about right. They're not getting J.D. Martinez. <laughs> and no. um, But... But, oh, David Dahl, uh, I should mention this, the Rockies GM, 
I don't know if it's an honest to goodness disagreement with his manager, but he said that uh, Bud Black's comment about David Dahl not getting called up, potentially not getting called up this year, was taken out of context. Yeah. Right. What was rosters, the context? Rosters expand in September. <laughs> well, that's and you you go back and actually read the quote from Bud Black. It was not as crystal clear as I think some writers. Some aggregators out there made it out to be. Okay. It was kind of vague. And the other guy that made a minor adjustment was uh, Michael Franco. So, again, we'll see what happens. He had a good game. Tommy Pham stole a base. Steven Souza homered. Gerardo Parra had another big game. Three guys that we talked about a lot yesterday. And Souza's 80% owned. Pham and Parra much more available. Kyle Hendricks, his next start will be with the Cubs. Austin Hedges on the 7-8 concussion DL. We had, uh, in the Diamondbacks Reds game, we had a Ray Romano pitching matchup. And everybody loved it on Twitter. Oh, I get it. I get it. And. Debra! Call. That was my Ray Romano impression. That's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't. Anytime bad. you have to say that was my so-and-so impression <laughs> after doing it. He has kind of a Kermit the Frog voice, right? Yeah. Chris? No, Ray Romano. Oh. <laughs> he does. He has that, that thing going. Uh, Corey Kluber, as we mentioned, Sornek may not be able to make his next start, and Danny Salazar's next start will be with Cleveland. Time for a round of, hey, real quick. Hey, real quick, guys. Uh, Wilson Contreras or Salvador Perez? Salvador Perez. Mm. But Wilson Contreras is very good. Yeah, I might go with Contreras. Contreras has basically been the everyday catcher since Montero was booted. <laughs> That's uh, an understatement. He's, he's he never sits off. He's been. He never sits. Yeah. He, They're going to kill him. He's been a monster. Yeah, he's young. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I moved him up. He's just behind Perez in my rankings now. He's like my fourth catcher. I don't know if I ever really dropped him, which was probably partially my bad, and also now it looks like my good. <laughs> uh, I will take Contreras over Perez rest of the season. Ooh. Okay. We've got enough of a track record of what happens in the second half. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, uh, he hasn't been used as much. But at the same time, I think Wilson Contreras, like, I'll take Perez over him, but I think Wilson Contreras has separated him from the, that glut of catchers who, I guess I'll start them because there's nobody better versus now he's a standout at the position again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, uh, Salvador Perez, two for 15 since the All-Star break. It's happening. It's happening. Almost as bad as Aaron Judge. Oh, Judge. You shut up. Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> wants you to come and watch Aaron Judge because it's summertime. It is sports season. Whoever invented summer was obviously a sports fan. They didn't even try to hide it. They gave it playoff hockey, playoff basketball, and the opening of both soccer and baseball. A clear display of favoritism. The other seasons didn't stand a chance. With three months of clutch playoff drama and the awakening of new seasons, it's clearly the work of a sports fan. They may as well have called it sports season. In fact, at Buffalo Wild Wings, they do call it sports season. So don't ever call it summer. That's not what it is. It's sports season. They're just waiting on the legal change. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Worryometer Wednesday, everybody. Got a lot of guys. Zero to ten on the worryometer. Mostly July strugglers here. Jake Lamb, batting 179 in July. He had a two-homer game. Other than that, he's been pretty bad, except yesterday he was fine. And all season long, he's batting 141 against lefties. Your worryometer on Jake Lamb, 0 to 10. Three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pretty low. 3.5. 
Your worryometer on Josh Donaldson, who has a 178 batting average with one home run in his last 26 games. Josh Donaldson. Five. Not that I think that Lamb is better than Donaldson, but Donaldson's expectations are so much higher. I think it's less likely he's going to live, live up to them this year. He just got off to the slow start, the injury. Don't feel and like he's ever caught up. He is older than dirt. No. <laughs> dirt. <laughs> Not quite. No. No, I, you uh, know what? He's 31 or 32. And he's been so consistent over the last few years and he got such a late start to his career mm. that I think we probably view him as someone who's maybe 28, 29 and you know, this is he's not. It happens sometimes. Yeah. Eh, uh, you know, I'm going to say I think he's going to he's going to freaking tear it up soon. Like I I'm you know what? I'm putting in some some Donaldson offers with which team? With the Blue Jays. He first of all in this stretch where he's batting 178, he has 20 walks and 26 strikeouts. So that's encouraging. Um, I don't know. Like uh, he's gonna go Machado on us, and he's gonna tear it up. Because when he first came off the DL, Donaldson's first 15 games off the DL, he had a 11.35 OPS and six home runs. He's been cold since then, but yeah, I think he's fine. Yeah, I'll I'll put it at three. I'll put it at one. Oh, yeah, good for you. Somebody's gotta be bold on this show. Like uh, what did I say yesterday? That who's Oh, John Carlos Stanton's gonna play through a, a hand injury in August. <laughs> that is very specific, and it's boldness. Worryometer, Andrew Benintendi, number 24 outfielder in points, number 33 in roto. Andrew Benintendi, uh, been, you know, kind of, he's got a 722 OPS since like the fifth week of the season. Benintendi. I put him in the same lamb range as around a three, Two. three and a half. Yeah, I, I, I think he's pretty good. I'll go a little higher than I went with the third baseman. I'll go four because, like, I'm not sure, I'm not sure he's good enough to be a must start outfielder yet, but I think the floor is so high. Like, the floor is Nick Marcakis-y, and Marcakis has always been somebody you could always fall back on if you needed an extra outfielder. So, I, I think he's fine. All right, that's Ben Intendi. How about Christian Yelich, who is slightly worse than Ben Intendi this year? Ben Intendi's 24th in points. Yelich is 27th at outfield. Ben Intendi's 33rd in roto. Yelich is 37th. And they're similar. I mean, like, the, you know, some of the underlying stats are making them look a little better than the category stats. But what's your worryometer on Yelich? Zero. Yeah, one. I, I will go two. Okay. He has been... Fairly hot. Like, you look at the last 32 games for Yelich, not including yesterday. He's batting 326, but he has one home run. I I just don't know what this guy is doing for you in a 5x5 five five league. Runs, He's giving you he's batting giving average. He's giving you That's very good. a but, little bit of help in a couple of categories and a lot of help in batting average and runs scored. I, I, think, I think what I'm trying to do here that you guys never let me do, which is you're right, is bitch about Benintendi and Yelich. <laughs> I mean, well, I just, I, I don't, I don't know what, like, I guess it depends on what you think they are. Like, we talked up Benintendi and we talked up Christian Yelich, and they're actually both fairly similar players, but, like, neither one of them was going to be, like, a superstar. The, the value here is that they're both very safe players because of the skill set, because their, their approach at the plate is so solid, that they have very high floors. I think it's too early to say Benintendi won't be a superstar. Sure, but I mean, this, this was this was most publications number one prospects 
you know, even ahead of Moncada coming into the year. Yeah, no, this year maybe he won't be. Um, yeah. yeah, I think he's already shown that. And like he, he's still on pace for like a 2015, 20 homers, 15 steal season. But, and, but I, I, I get your point about categories leagues, Adam. That, that's what I was trying to vocalize coming into the year when I was prioritizing VR over Lindor in those formats. Not, not a roto format where you have all of those lineup spots to fill, but where you have just nine hitter spots to fill and you have to balance all those categories. Uh, these players like Yelich and, and Ben Intendi who don't really stand out in either home runs or stolen bases, they're kind of just filling a spot in a that's way fair. that's not going to help that much. Yeah. All right. And, and look, Worryometer, like Yelich is a one. It doesn't mean we like him more than Donaldson, who is a three. No. You know, it's all relative to our, our expectations. Uh, how about Adam Duvall? Adam Duvall is actually a top 16 outfielder in both formats, 16th in points, 15th in roto. Last year, he was really bad after the All-Star break. Um, and so far, Duvall has a 200 batting average with one walk, 19 strikeouts, and one home run in July. Worryometer on Duvall. Three, four, six. Ooh. Oh. I'm go- I'll go two, actually. I'm... I'm down with Duval. All right, he's not down on Duval, but down with Duval. <laughs> it's not so much that um, I like. I, we haven't really had anybody that I was that worried about at all. And Duval, while he has had a very nice uh, year and a half, I I still think like he hit 241 last year with a 297 on base. And if he falls to that type of production again, then he's really just a one or two category contributor. Okay. Corey Dickerson. Corey Dickerson is batting 188 in July with uh, two walks, 16 strikeouts. He does have six doubles. Corey Dickerson, worryometer. Six. Yeah. I'll go three. <laughs> I don't uh, Scott's know, not worried about anybody. I've had no, trouble. I, I think I think Dickerson was owed some regression, and we're seeing that regression play out, but I think there's going to be an, a leveling off here soon, and he'll still level off as a must-start outfielder. Okay. Yoenna Cespedes. The Mets are a little bit worried about him. Cespedes. I understand the injury concerns, but... Unless they shut him down, I would go with a, a one. So I'll say three for injury concerns. Four. Four. Would you rather have Cespedes or Braun? Braun. Cespedes. Braun. Would you rather have Cespedes or Chris Davis with a K? Cespedes. I believe yeah, I, think I have Chris Cespedes. Davis one spot higher. Okay. Chris Davis. So Chris man. is really high on Chris Davis. He's good. I love Chris, I think Davis. Chris Davis is really good. <laughs> he is good, and and he's safer. I think. I think most players are safer than Cespedes. The guy seems to have a leg issue. Where you do know, you have just every day? Like Chris Davis, twelfth. Yep, both of them are top twelve for me. Wow. Okay. I've got Chris Davis in the teens. So I'm not like down on Chris Davis. He is. Chris Davis is the thirteenth best outfielder so far this year in points Wait, leagues. And I am exactly one spot too high. Six, seven, eight, nine, it's, tenth. It's not about what they've been. It's about what they're going to be. Tenth and Roto. Right, but nothing that Chris Davis is doing is unsustainable in any way. But he's there, really there good. are players behind him who you would agree are better. Uh, sure, there yeah. might be players above him who I think are worse. Maybe. 
Marcelo Zuna is above him. Cody Bellinger. Yeah, I think Marcelo Zuna is not as good as Chris Davis. Can we do the worryometer on Aaron Judge? Sure. <laughs> he is uh, three for twenty-five since the home run wow. derby. Wow, home run derby ruined him. Month of July, he's batting two forty-five with a thirty-four percent strikeout rate. Wow. His ISO since the All-Star break is zero. I can't believe he did the home run derby. Uh, you know, you act like there has never been a person in the history of baseball who has said the home run derby screwed up my swing, which would be completely inaccurate because it absolutely has happened. Absolutely yeah. has. But he was struggling a little bit before the home run Well, derby. look, I-, I kept bringing up the stat that you look at, like, the top 50 hitters in strikeouts last year and this year. There are almost no 300 hitters. Last no. year there was Freddie Freeman. Yes. This year there were a couple of Rockies, and um, there was Blackman and, and Reynolds for a while, and then there was Aaron Judge. So I don't think any of us thought he was a 300 hitter. What's he hitting now? Like 313. Uh, you know. Yeah, I think what I said at the break was that I expected him to hit 270 the rest of the year. Was like a best case scenario. Uh, they're gonna rest him today. Like you know, he needs to de- clear his head. Needs a day off. Yes. Get that home run derby out of his head. Well, they shouldn't have played him both games of a doubleheader. Like, I don't know. They, they, they might be running him into the ground just a touch, but no, I don't think there are like big well, concerns. Well, he's, he's always struggled in the second half, right? <laughs> uh, well, it, no, honestly, like Aaron Judge was the number one outfielder in the first half. Where is he in your outfield rankings? Where do you expect him to be in the second half? I've got him around 10. I've got him sixth, but yeah. he's right in front of Giancarlo Stanton, if you want to flip Giancarlo Stanton ahead of him because Giancarlo Stanton's hot, totally on board with that. Yeah, I have him somewhere in that 6 to 10 range, too. I have him, I have him sixth, like right. Chris does. But, yeah, Springer, Stanton, Judge, I don't see a big difference between the three. Even Nelson Cruz, who's number nine for me, I think he's right there with those guys. I've got, I've got Springer, Cruz, in points, I've got J.D. Martinez ahead of him. J.D. Martinez is tenth for me, so, yeah. that's These guys are all in the same range. Alrighty, fellas. Right there with Chris Davis. And two more worryometers. Miguel Cabrera. He still has 12 home runs in 79 games. No player has a bigger disparity between what his peripheral numbers say he should be and what he's actually been. So zero. I don't. Like, I, I can't say I'm gonna, zero though. If I can't I'm gonna, say zero either. I can. If I'm if I'm gonna do the <laughs> Nicholas Castellanos thing and and clap when he's the the number 13 third baseman and believe that the peripherals are going to predict his future success. I but can't it, it, I can't be inconsistent on that. Miguel well, Cabrera's peripherals. I don't, I don't think you are. There's a difference. I, I, think, no, Miguel, I think expressing no, some I, concern over Mel, Miguel Cabrera's lack of production to this point. Okay, but the concern would be that he's old mm-hmm. and that the bat has slowed down. Yeah. And there is the strikeout rate's a little bit higher. No, I've got a different concern. There, that he's battled nagging injuries yeah. the last Four or five years, right? And he's again, on a team that's getting ready to that's selling hard, okay. and he just it may not have a lot of motivation to play through those injuries in the second half. Okay, I, then, I don't think like there are tendencies with with batted ball data that often play out, but I don't think it's linear. The relation between how hard a player hits the ball and and what kind of production he has. And, and to be fair, Nick Castellanos might be the number twelve third baseman in fantasy, but he's batting two fifty five with fourteen home runs. He's not having. A good year, and he also had a stretch last month with three home runs in four games. Like, and, and, and I, I don't want to make it you know. out to be like, I think Miguel Cabrera's done. I think the chances are better than not that he has a huge second half. Like, there, I, I feel like, I feel like whenever I try to in, inject nuance in some of these discussions, sometimes I get like, you know, 
no, that's on, I get put what on you're one saying. side like, of the line versus for me, the other. If I'm going to be wrong on Miguel Cabrera, I'm going to be wrong believing in what I believe. That's fair. Like, I, but I'm going to give I'm going to give him a five on my worryometer. I'd still like to buy low on him. Like for me, it's just everything points to him being an elite hitter, except the results that have come when he's when the ball's been in play. I can't disagree with that. And statement. so if I believe that Nicholas Castellanos is going to be good, if I believe Manny Machado is going to have a huge second half, like all of I, I have to be consistent. And if I'm going yeah. to be wrong, but you you can I'll believe be those things and still have that seed of doubt in your mind, can't you? Yeah, I think zero is a little strong. No, like I just I think if he had a forty percent hard hit rate, or if he had a twenty five percent strikeout rate, or like there there are re- like. Edwin Encarnacion is someone that I'm more worried about than Miguel Cabrera, even though Edwin Encarnacion might have actually been a little better than him so far. But the peripherals for Miguel Cabrera are so strong that I just – maybe it's a one because of age. Maybe it's a one because of injury. Maybe it's a one because they might just sit him out in September. Injury is but the big But in terms thing. of production, I expect him to be just as good as he's been the last five years moving forward. But but the nagging Great. injuries are are definitely worth considering because there have been those this year for Miguel Cabrera, you know, yes. as Heath mentioned. All right, so that's Miggy. Finally, a roll this Chapman. Worryometer on a roll this Chapman who is just not not himself. He is not getting the swinging strikes. And I read last week that, you know, he went on the DL for about a month with an arm issue, and he's not all the way back since then. He's still throwing hard but not getting – the swings and misses, and does not have good command right now. Worryometer on a roll this Chapman. Does anyone remember what the arm injury was? I think it was like a shoulder sprain, like maybe AC joint or something. We can look that up, right? I mean, the velocity's fine. I don't know. I'm yeah. It was I'm going to give him like if if. I could actually see benching him in like a points league for right now until he gets back on track because it has been pretty shaky, but well, I don't know. No, there, don't there's been, there's been enough good innings. I looked at the game log recently for Chapman and realized that I kind of ha- was having selective memory with his performances and there's been a lot of clean innings. Uh, but, but I can, but you know, when you watch a team all the time, you just know, like he's just not pitching nearly as well. He's, he like like for example, you know, he got a he gave up like a walk, cl- got a save against the Red Sox the other day, gave up a walk, and then Mookie Betts grounded out the second, hit the ball really hard, um, yeah. and he he got in what was the stat I had for Chapman, um, his three appearances before last night, one swinging strike in fifty six pitches, that's unheard of. By the way, he had bursitis and inflammation in his shoulder. Yeah, his swinging strike rate is down to 12.5%, which is by far the worst it's ever been in his career. He's been in the 18 to 20% range over the last couple of years. I'm a four. Yeah, I think he'll get it back. But, yeah. we, but right now, it's a little, little strange. Reliever flu- reliever performance just fluctuates so much. That's, that's the main takeaway here, I think. Well, they signed to a five year deal, so that's all. I'll, I'll go three. All right. Heath, I don't really need a number from you. You never gave, nobody ever gave a number for Aaron Judge, so I'm not participating anymore. <laughs> more more bullpen stuff. Um, Zach Britton gave up two hits with two strikeouts in a non-save situation. Cody Allen, uh, he, you know, okay, look, it wasn't really that bad. He came on in the ninth in a jam, got out of a ninth inning jam with a strikeout and a flyout. Then he pitched the tenth, gave up a double, then like, uh, bunt single. Uh, I don't know. 
He struggled though. Uh, people want to know should should we bench drop Cody Allen? What do you think? Nope. Um, maybe bench. He's not like a must start. He's a number two closer, but no. Okay. Roberto Ozuna, Luke Gregerson, uh, Roberto Ozuna, and Santiago Casilla. Blue saves last night. No concerns with Ozuna. Do you think Ryan Matson or Sean Doolittle could take Casilla's job in Oakland? No. Yeah, I don't either. And uh, Luke Gregerson got a four-out save. Ken Giles had pitched each of the previous two games. Giles has not pitched three straight days yet this year. Uh, so we've talked about most guys. How do you feel about Dylan Bundy? Would you rather own Dylan Bundy or Michael Waka? I'd rather own Bundy, but I even when he's good, he's not good. <laughs> I I have really no level of excitement about Dylan Bundy whatsoever left. So why do you, would you rather own him than Waka? He's the Sparp. Okay, fine. What if he's not? What if no Sparp? In Roto, I I can't see myself dropping him. I I mean I can see myself dropping him. I could see a situation where he's the worst pitcher on my team and I drop him for Mancata. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm ready to move him behind Waka. I don't think I would drop him for Waka. Yeah. Okay. That's Dylan Bundy. Do you want to own any of these guys? We talked about Mike Clevenger, 78% owned. John Lackey, 69%. Sean Newcomb, 54%. Denelson Lamette, 43%. Vince Velasquez, 40%. And Junior Guerra, 33%. Craig Council said this was the best we've seen of Guerra and something positive to build on. Uh, Lackey, am... Newcomb, sorry, Heath. Lackey, Newcomb, Lamette. Velasquez Guerra. I'm interested in adding Velasquez. I wrote about him in Waiver Wire today. The six innings on 79 pitches, pretty impressive. If he could just be efficient, I think he's good enough to be a, a Michael Walker type of guy. And he has so much more upside. I, I want to be, oh man. Oh no, this is from, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Baseball reference doesn't have his data in yet. So I'm, I'm relying on a different source for this. I only saw, Four swings four strikes four. for Vince Velasquez. Yeah. So, you know, my effort to be consistent, if I was going to be down on Steven Matz when he first came back and wasn't missing a lot of bats, um, and that caught up to him. It's only one start for Velasquez, so it's kind of unfair to just say I'm worried. But if, is, he, if this is, becomes a pattern for him, it'll be a problem. Matz's was more actionable, if only because we had an explanation for why he didn't have any swinging strikes, and it was... That he wasn't throwing his slider. I don't know if we have the same explanation for Vince Velasquez yet. He didn't throw his slider or his changeup much yesterday. Only seven of them combined, but like, it's, it's one start. Yeah, he only threw 79 pitches. Right, if we get to the next start and he throw, and he doesn't throw the slider again, maybe then I'll get concerned. Is, are there any of these guys though that you'd rather have than Velasquez? Uh, yeah, for Nukem. me. Yeah. I'd rather have Nukem. So disappointing. He's uh, he's yeah. faced three brutal lineups in a has row. Has he had now. one it's... good start this year? Yeah, has Dukem had one good start? This no, I mean, year? I'm saying one. Is that the number? He's had four good starts. His first four starts were good, and then his last three have been awful. Yeah, I'd rather have him. I still, I am still interested in Denelson Lamette, but I can't, uh, in good conscience, tell you to own him right now. He's just too inconsistent. He's the fly balls, especially. He gives up too many home runs. You have Clevenger here in the nose. Did you mention him? Is yeah, he part yeah. of this group? Because no, he's well, probably the one I want most. Right, oh, no, he's I, by I, far fig- the one I figured I that. Yeah, and then uh, I, I, I don't know. I, th- I guess I'd probably take Velasquez over Nukem right now because I feel like if I dropped Nukem for Velasquez, nobody would pick up Nukem. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I uh, get to grade the trade now? Sure. All right. Let's, no. Let's do this. Let's do this. James and Georgia give up Sano, get Stroman and Waka, and he's got hey. backups for Sano. Sano for Stroman and Waka. So dependent on your team, but. You gave it an A, Chris? Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I love that trade. Okay. Uh, I'd rather have the pitchers too, but I'll give it a, no, I'll give it a B plus. I'll give it a B in points and a C minus in roto. From Brian, give up Corey Knable, get Victor Martinez. Ugh. Yeah, no. I don't love it. Well, you're making a, you're making a big mistake, Brian, cause he says I have Britton, Ozuna, and Reed. There's a chance that in a week you're going to have one closer. Britton and Reed are on the market right now. Yeah. And Britton, I'm not sure, is healthy. D. Uh, I'm, I, I don't see any justification for this. No. It's a 12-team league. What is Victor Martinez worth <laughs> in a 12-team league? Vimar's hot right this now. Is, yeah, I mean, no. his, he's another guy whose peripherals are very good. No. And he's, and he's breaking out of it, isn't he? This is a Y for yuck. Do not do this Yeah, trade. I, think it, I think it's an F. Okay. From Pete, points league. Everybody get your pens and papers out, or just your memory. A lot of, it is an eight player blockbuster. Give up. Daniel Murphy. Corey Seeger. You know what? I'm gonna skip this. I'm gonna skip this, cause Carlos Correa is in this yeah. trade. So, I just know, I put this in the notes before the, the news. Sorry Pete. <laughs> Sorry Pete. Uh, well you got Take screwed Pete. Trades. Cause you traded for Correa, so that sucks. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah. from Dustin. 12 team head to head, I need steals. Give up Braun and Scope. Braun and Scope for D. Gordon and Billy Hamilton. They're definitely getting some steals. I bet you need something else after this trade, though. <laughs> I don't know. He's, li- he's lived a long time without Braun, so uh, that's that's kind of the good thing about owning Braun. If you've owned Braun all year, you you already understand what life like him, what life without him will be like. And and, I think uh, it makes it. Easier to do this sort of trade. I, I give it a C plus. I think it's a B. Yeah, I give it a B minus. All right, this is from Dan in Massachusetts. Give Verlander, get Starling Marte. A plus plus plus. Really? B minus. I think I'd rather have Verlander. Yuck. It, it makes a big difference categories versus points. Like, if it's points, I'll give it a C minus. If it's categories, I'll give it a B minus. If it's points, I'm only going to give it an A plus plus. If it's categories, A plus 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 plus. This is from Steven. Uh, give up in a dynasty league. You Darvish, Annie Von Nova, get Carlos Martinez. I think it's fine. I think it's a C. C plus. <sighs> Oh, I think I think it's a totally fair trade. Darvish for Nova and Martinez. No, Darvish, no, Darvish and, Nova. and Nova for Martinez. Darvish. Um. Oh. <laughs> um. Nah. I'll give it a C minus. I'm not sure Darvish isn't better than Martinez. I think I have Darvish ranked ahead of. I do this Martinez. year, but I Darvish is a couple years older, isn't he? I would think so. Not yeah. really old, but it's I, only three keepers. Eric. Eric's. Question is categories league. Give up Thames, get Tommy Fam. Give up Thames, get Fam. See, I'm. You Darvish is almost 31, by the way. He turns 31 this month. Um, I'm close to dropping Eric Thames. I've considered it. I in my one uh, 12 team categories league, 
I finally dropped Hanley Ramirez last week, and I'm thinking about going to get Hanley Ramirez and dropping Eric Thames. That would be a terrible idea. It wouldn't be. <laughs> so give up Thames, get Fam. What, what's the grade? Uh, C minus. Yeah, I, C I love minus. these over the top, unsubstantiated comments from me. <laughs> that would, I don't know what was unsubstantiated. I, I think we all, you agree with me that dropping Eric Thames for Hanley Ramirez would be a terrible idea. Why? Because um, I, I would rather have Thames. Okay, but, but why I, would it be? I don't know that I could attach terrible. Like Hanley's that. been a lot better over the last month. Hanley's, Hanley's hitting like showing, 290 with a 560 slugging percentage. Yeah, he's showing some month. signs, and he's maybe getting a little bit healthier because I think he played first base yesterday, and his his shoulders have been. Well, too that's a terrible up. idea. He's playing off, first base, the injury hit a walk off home run yesterday. He did, yeah. It only took 15 innings, but yeah. All right, that's it for the show today. A lot going on. Let's hope for some more trades because those are fun for Heath, Scott, and Chris. I'm Adam. We are Non Zero Chance. See ya.